0: Welcome to Animals Today, your home for serious talk about animals. I'm Dr. Peter Spiegel. Well, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, without warning, reversed an Obama-era ban on elephant trophy imports. Now this follows the recent okay from Fish and Wildlife to permit lion trophy imports from Zimbabwe, so a one-two punch. Understandably, animal advocates and the general public are shocked And they are springing into action to reverse these acts. In just a few minutes, we are going to be speaking with an attorney from the Center for Biological Diversity who will explain the lawsuit that the group is a part of. So stick around. Now, on Friday, Secretary of the Interior Ryan Zinke, he announced a hold on the reversal. And then President Trump started tweeting. Consequently, there's confusion and uncertainty, to say the least. I want to welcome back Judy Mancuso from Skill, S C I L Social Compassion in Legislation. Hey, Judy. Hey, thank you. Okay, so uh, this was a real shock uh, when this uh, news was released. Uh, the no warning on this, right?
1: No warning. And what was a bigger shock is that they have been issuing permits for the Lions since October 20th. So that got just went through right under the radar. They're issuing permits, they reversed the ban, and trophy hunters can get a permit to bring their dead lion parts into America right now.
0: Surprised that it was uh, under the radar for so long.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that we would have found out, but the uh, Safari Club was beside themselves on this whole uh, elephant thing, and, and so that got you know, louder, and the public found out about it. And of course, there's been this huge backlash, uh, which now has raised the issue of the elephants and the lions.
0: Yeah, good. Okay. So, how, what's your involvement in this, and uh, who are your uh, cohorts in California?
1: Well, when the first, as soon as I heard about it, the first thing I thought was, he's going to go through with it. Donald Trump's going to go through with it. So, we should stop at least these, these imports of these trophy body parts into California. So um, I contacted uh, the Senate Pro Tem, Kevin DeLeon, and said, would you consider carrying legislation, because he's been very outspoken on a lot of executive orders that have been reversed and different things uh, on you know this trophy hunt ban. And he said, absolutely, I would. And um, so I said, well, you know, would you do a press conference? And he said, you know, sure, let's do it. And then I reached out to Councilman Paul Caretz because he is a big animal proponent. And we got City Hall. We reached out to a lot of our friends and celebrities. We got Joaquin Phoenix and Michelle Rodriguez there with us. And uh, off we went, and we had a big press conference that was carried on every station, every radio, uh, you know, so that was uh, Monday at 11 a.m. in L.A.
0: Okay, and so for listeners who don't know these, a couple of the individuals you named, uh, uh, Kevin DeLeon, he is the leader of the California Senate, is that right? That's right. Okay, and uh, you've got a little bit of a nice relationship with him, and then uh, Paul Koretz... He is a real advocate in uh, the L.A. area and California, and he's been on the show a number of times, and uh, we adore him and respect his uh, work over the, right, the, over the City decades. Right, L.A. Council member. Right, okay. So you offered some remarks. What did you say at this conference?
1: One of them was, Mr. Trump, tweets are not policy. They are rhetoric and hot air. While everyone's focus is on the elephants, your administration has been issuing permits since October 20th to bring African lion body parts back to the United States. For the love of Cecil, change this policy back to banning the promotion of killing of yet more Cecils and bringing them home to hang on your wall. We hear your shift to not follow suit for the majestic elephants. Now seal the deal and write it into law.
0: There is some misdirection or difference of opinion about the value of uh, trophy hunting in, uh, quote-unquote, protecting the uh, native species. Uh, Give us your view on that.
1: That was another part of my speech. There was, uh, in South Africa, hunting does not benefit the species being hunted. One example of this was South Africa, home to the second largest black rhino population in the world. They received permission by CITES. To sell permits for trophy hunted black rhinos in two thousand and four. Since that time, poaching of black rhinos has increased five thousand percent.
0: Well that speaks for itself and uh and people can try to uh interpret that differently but we know really what's what's going on there. Now in California would it be possible to pass legislation in California that would uh, override governmental rules and permits?
1: They, they could, from my understanding, and I'm sure it would be challenged in court, but from the attorneys that looked into this, uh, they could say that we are not going to allow these to come into California, these trophies. So, yes, it seems very clear from the research that's been done that we can keep the door shut to them.
0: That's great. So what do you anticipate happening in California over the next few weeks?
1: That there will be legislation sent to legislative council, a draft bill that can be, you know, start crafting to introduce as of the beginning of the year. And that way, no president, you know, at the whim of his sons or the uh, safari club, uh, can, can pull a number on this and, and that, you know, we can stand against it in California no matter what. And hopefully, you know, with the pressure, he'll stop and he won't do it, but it seems very far fetched, uh, given who he has running the, as the Interior Secretary, as a big trophy hunter himself. And we've all seen the pictures of his sons, you know, holding the, the, uh, lion and alligator and elephants. I mean, they've killed just about everything possible. Certainly all the endangered species that are so precious. They have pictures with their dead bodies. So um, it seems kind of hard to believe that he won't do it.
0: You know, it would seem to me that the general public, even those who aren't super interested in animal issues day to day, really would understand why you don't want to allow these body parts to come into the country
1: well we'll see and then i think that even if he does put on a show that he's not going to do it and he had a change of heart i think that then you know give it 10 months from now when everything's quiet they'll just start issuing permits Mm. you know Mm. so like they did with the lions i mean so i just i don't see it not happening you know
0: Okay, well, we'll see how this plays out. There's a lot to there's a lot to examine here and uh in the next segment we're going to be speaking to as I uh, mentioned a lawyer to tell us what's happening in their lawsuit. Judy mentioned that's
1: what we had yes, and we had Center for Biological Diversity at our press conference to announce uh the suit they just filed against them. So hopefully with everything we got going it won't happen and uh, fingers crossed.
0: Judy Mancuso, founder of Social Compassion in Legislation. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: The holidays are here, and we want to remind you of a few things that you can do to keep your dogs and cats safe and happy this season. First, make sure the Christmas tree is secure and cannot fall over, and that tree ornaments, which can be eaten, are out of reach. And make sure the tree's water, which can get overgrown with bacteria, is covered so no one will drink it. Holiday plants like holly, mistletoe, and poinsettias are toxic to pets, and be especially careful with lilies, which can cause kidney failure in cats if ingested. Electrical wires should be covered or out of reach, and use extra care with candles, or avoid using them at all. Cats love to play with and eat tinsel, which can lead to intestinal problems and even surgery. So we suggest avoiding tinsel altogether. Don't let your pets eat chocolate, alcohol, table scraps, or anything sweetened with xylitol. And of course, don't give them or let them eat any bones, which can splinter and lodge in the throat or block the intestines. And remember, the holidays can be very stressful for your companion animals. So make sure your dogs and cats have a nice quiet place they can retreat to away from your guests so they can rest and sleep in peace. So happy holidays from everyone at Advancing the Interests of Animals. Visit them at www.aianimals.org. That's www.aianimals.org.
3: Your Animals Today tip of the day is about urine spraying by cats. Spraying is a way for cats to mark their territory. Spraying is mainly a trait found in male cats, but females will also mark when they are in heat. Of course, in house cats, it's quite undesirable, but fixing your cat is the best way to correct this problem. Litter box issues are another common cause of unwanted spraying. But if the behavior persists, ask your veterinarian to make sure there are no other medical problems present. And that is your Animals Today tip of the day.
0: Welcome back to the show, continuing our discussion on fish and wildlife reversal of the ban on elephant trophy imports and Trump's hold on that reversal. I'm pleased to welcome Tanya Sanarib, senior attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity. Welcome. Thank you so much, Peter. It's great to be here. So the dropping of the ban seemingly came out of nowhere, didn't it?
4: It seemingly did, although I have to tell you, we've been concerned about this potentially happening all year. Mm. And it's definitely something we've been keeping our eyes and ears open um, to try to learn whether the Trump administration was going to make some new decisions on trophy imports. And it turns out it did.
0: How did you first learn about it?
4: You know, we actually first heard about um, the lifting of the Zimbabwe Elephant Band through the news media, and I think a lot of people um, may have missed this, but the announcement actually came out of a conference that was being held in Tanzania with a number of pro trophy hunting organizations. So Safari Club International really broke this news, and um, we started scrambling immediately to get a hold of documents mm. and find out what was going
0: on. And there is also news about trophy hunting and importing parts of dead lions. What's going on there?
4: That's absolutely correct. And that decision was made behind closed doors and mm. absolute secrecy, which unfortunately is completely legal. For threatened species like elephants, like lions, that are not endangered under our Endangered Species Act, but just threatened, these decisions can be made um, and import permits can be granted without the public ever knowing about it.
0: Mm. Okay, so then President Trump uh, goes on Twitter and announces a hold on the activity. So that should be very reassuring, right?
4: Well, I think as a lawyer, I have to tell you, Peter, the last time I checked, a tweet isn't binding on anyone. Um, it's not an executive order coming straight from the president. And it's certainly, we haven't seen anything from the Department of Interior, from Secretary Zinke, or from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that actually has an impact on the ground in terms of either not issuing permits or actually pulling back and rescinding these policies that are allowing elephant and lion trophies in from Zimbabwe.
0: Okay, so along with the NRDC, your organization is suing. Uh, Who do you sue and what are you hoping to do?
4: Right, so we've sued um, Secretary of Interior Zinke, uh, the Department of Interior, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and the lawsuit challenges what the Fish and Wildlife Service refers to as countrywide enhancement determinations. These are findings that have to be made under our Endangered Species Act in order for the agency to grant import permits. Basically, what these findings say is killing elephants, killing lions in Zimbabwe and hauling parts of them back to the U.S. to serve as trophies to hang on someone's living room wall, that helps enhance the survival of the species. So our lawsuit addresses that question, that legal question under our Endangered Species Act. Is that right? Can the sport hunter actually pay to play? The lawsuit also addresses this complete reversal. Everyone's talking about, you know, Trump administration has lifted the ban. And that's right. We had a ban on importing elephants from Zimbabwe that was very well reasoned. And this reversal is not. And so there's some big questions there that the court's going to have to answer.
0: And what's the time frame on this? How do these things uh, proceed?
4: Well, right now we're in the process of getting copies of the lawsuit that was filed off to all of the agencies. It's called service. And then the government has 60 days to respond to the case. We obviously, based on um, what we've seen on Twitter, we're expecting there could be um, some announcements coming from Department of Interior as they take another look at these decisions. We don't know what those announcements will be. But for the time being, we do know that there are, in effect, a policy for Zimbabwe Elephant Trophy imports and a policy for Zimbabwe Lion Trophy imports. And we have deep-seated concerns about the populations of those animals in Zimbabwe, how they're managed, whether the government is going to be capable of caring for them going forward. They just went through a relatively peaceful coup, but a coup nonetheless. Um, Lots of questions. Lots of questions need to be answered. and So we're just at the beginning of trying to get some of those
0: answers. Now, Tanya, the problem of illegal poaching really in absolute numbers is greater than legal trophy hunts, isn't it?
4: That's absolutely right. Poaching is the biggest threat right now. Um, Ivory poaching for elephants is a huge concern, but one of the things that we have learned through the poaching crisis that scientists who study elephants have learned is some of those same impacts that you see from poaching for ivory, you know, the desire to, to kill elephants with the biggest tusks also translates into the trophy hunting industry. So again, Trophy hunters want what often a really big elephant head with large ivory tusks to hang on their wall. And that has similar ramifications to poaching on elephants. So it's not just taking out the biggest, strongest males. They're called oftentimes called tuskers. Mm. They're the males that we want to be breeding and bringing up the next generation, but they're being removed from elephant populations, both by poachers and by trophy hunters for African elephants. The females also have ivory. They have tusks as well. And so, again, when you're taking the biggest, strongest females out of herds, you're likely killing matriarchs. Those are the elephants that teach the young. They have the knowledge of where resources are available in times of scarcity. And, you know, we've seen significant problems with drought in Africa in recent years. So you're really talking about caring about the social structure of these animals, um, having consequences biologically on their populations. We're starting to see tuskless elephants in places because of this phenomenon. And so while trophy hunting may not be the reason why elephant populations are declining, it can definitely be a part of the problem, and it definitely contributes to these biological concerns.
0: Oh, thank you very much for explaining that interaction. That's Tanya Sanarib with the Center for Biological Diversity. Uh, thank you very much and, and good luck and uh, keep us informed as things go along.
4: Thanks so much, Peter. Thanks for, uh, for having the show and uh, for caring for the elephant.
3: This is Dr. Lori Kirshner from Animals Today. If you're like most people, you have lots of plans, a financial plan, an exercise plan, a career plan. You also need a plan for the care of your pets when you no longer can provide it. Every day, animals are sent to shelters, terrified and confused, because their owners have become incapacitated or died. Unfortunately, many of them get euthanized. Good intentions sometimes take a backseat to life's realities, like a new spouse who doesn't like animals, a sudden desire to travel the world, or the adoptive caregiver's own illness. A legally enforceable pet trust offers the only assurance that your assets will be used as you wish to provide for the comfort and care of your cherished animal companion. Almost every state recognizes pet trusts. Find out how to create one today and take steps to make sure your pet doesn't risk becoming yet another sad shelter statistic. Plan for your pet's lifelong well-being. This message is brought to you by Advancing the Interests of Animals. Check them out at AIanimals.org. Hi, it's Dr. Lori from Animals Today Radio, and today's Animals Today fun facts are about octopuses. Did you know the oldest octopus fossil was from an animal that lived 296 million years ago? And you can see that fossil at the Field Museum in Chicago octopuses have three hearts one of which supplies blood to the organs and the other two work to supply the gills and their blood is a blue color which transports oxygen better at cold temperatures and in low oxygen waters and there are your animals today fun facts for today at a cartoon right now showing two cats chatting at a bar drinking martinis and there are Christmas ornaments dangling from the ceiling and the caption reads so they bring a tree in the house and put all these shiny dangling things on it then freak out if I go near it this is why I drink So the holiday season is upon us, and keeping our furry family members safe during the holidays can be a difficult task. Veterinarian Dr. Robert Reed is here to tell us what preventative measures we need to take to protect our companion animals this holiday season. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Reed.
5: Hi, Lori. Uh, Nice to be back.
3: Robert, there are many articles that talk about the hazards to pets during the holiday season. Do you see more pet incidents this time of year?
5: Certainly, we see a lot more pet, unexpected pet incidents. You know, things that come up because of all the activity and the changes that occur in the household because of the holidays.
3: So, tell us what we need to be aware of.
5: Well, thinking back to your example of the cartoon uh, regarding the Christmas tree. There are a lot of things associated with the tree and the gifts around the tree that can present hazards, both for cats and dogs. Um, The ornaments, of course, you mentioned, uh, obviously, sometimes can be glass. Uh, Plenty of people put tinsel or ribbons on their trees. And broken glass can be a hazard for a cat or a dog, either through contact or, in some cases, dogs even chew on them. Uh, but for cats, the bigger risk is really the tinsel or any kind of string-like decoration that they might want to chew on, play with, or even swallow, because it can create obstructions in their digestive tract. Um, the Electrical cords that uh, attach the trees to the outlets, of course, uh, and to the lights themselves. Uh, the water that you put in the tree that sits there and soaks up uh, a little bit of the uh, oils from the Tree itself can grow bacteria. There may be some fertilizers in it. These are all things that present mild hazards. You know, the electrical cord is obvious. The uh, glass ornaments obvious. The ribbon and tinsel should be obvious. But a few other things you know to think about are like batteries or gifts that might be placed under the tree that contain things that you don't know about that may become evident to a dog, particularly those that contain food. So if there's one pearl of wisdom I can offer you in protecting your pets from tree-related risks, it's to make sure that if you receive a gift from someone that's wrapped that you think might have food in it, don't put it under the tree. Yeah. Because dogs are very good at sniffing those out.
3: And how about food hazards? Um, the food
5: hazards are probably the most common types of problems we encounter, particularly with dogs. Um, the the most the most problematic one is chocolate, and we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. But there are other things that you may not think about, like bread dough, which is um, uh, more prevalent around the holidays and certainly can present problems for dogs, both as a choking hazard and, interestingly, as a potential for alcohol poisoning as it ferments, gets into the system. Um, but, you know, any food that has uh, high-fat content, or something that a dog is not used to eating um, can cause a lot of irritation to the stomach or the intestinal tract and you know more significantly if particularly it has a lot of fat in it can overstimulate the pancreas and create pancreatitis which can be a progressive condition if not treated um, even to the point of becoming life-threatening so we worry a lot about those dietary indiscretions they're easily the most common cause of a medical problem related to the hot to the holidays. Uh, but chocolate definitely is the big one. That is the thing that we see most often around the holidays. And um there's a few things that people may want to remember about chocolate that can be helpful. Um, one is that milk chocolate is the least toxic of the forms of chocolate. We tend to use that as the standard so, if you say that milk chocolate, you know, can cause perhaps a, a problem for a dog of 20 pounds if they consume two ounces of it. Dark chocolate is about twice as toxic as milk chocolate. So, a 20 pound dog could become sick if they ingested maybe one ounce of it. The really serious ones are baker's chocolate, which is about eight times as toxic as milk, to- milk chocolate, and um, cocoa powder which is about 10 times as chocolate as uh, toxic as milk chocolate. Uh, white chocolate has very little toxic properties. It doesn't have a lot of actual chocolate in it, so it's a little bit safer. The, the toxic component is theobromine, and there's a little bit of caffeine in it. So the problems that you would see if a dog ingests too much chocolate is usually a little hyperactivity initially, um, but sometimes depression... Uh, very often a racing heart, sometimes vomiting, very often diarrhea. And if the dose is high enough, it can actually be fatal. So I always recommend if you think your dog has ingested chocolate, that you talk to someone about it. And I, I have a number for a poisoning control line that can be helpful. Uh, but always talk to someone about it. Have an idea about how much chocolate the dog or cat, it's usually a dog, has eaten. Uh, what kind of chocolate it is, or what kind of mix of chocolates may be in it, so that you can get an idea of actually the amount of toxic component that a dog has eaten to tell you whether their dog is going to have a significant problem and how urgently you need to address it.
3: Now, I know a lot of people give their dogs bones during the holidays, chicken bones, turkey bones. This, This can't be healthy or good for the animals, right? Well, I
5: think that's true. And there's there's one you know, watchword that I, I, I like to follow with with those type, with feeding a dog during the holidays. But there's a lot of stuff going on in households that create stress for dogs and cats in the household. They have you know strange people in the house, changes in schedule, distracted owners. There's a lot going on that create anxiety for pets. The last thing you want to do is introduce new foods into their life that they have to deal with at any point a dog or cat is going to have a hard time adjusting their digestive tract to a new food but particularly when there are other anxieties other stressors in the household that are causing them problems already i think that you know if there's one thing that you can do just to protect your household Overall, and that's to try to provide your, your pets a refuge from all of the anxiety, all of the activity and excitement that's going on. Not every dog and most cats are not happy about having all these people and all of these things going on at once. So it's helpful to give them a zone that they can go to and be away from all that. And you can allow them exposures in a limited amount. And it also helps keep your guests from giving them food that you're not aware of. It, it makes it easier for you to keep track of where they are so you're not worried about them getting out of the house or getting into an area that they're not supposed to be in or getting into food or, um, or decorations that you don't want them getting into.
3: That's really great advice. And it's probably important to keep our pets eating and exercise habits as close to their normal routine as possible, right?
5: I would agree with that completely. Yeah, do as much as you can to protect their routine, because there are plenty of forces working against you on that, trying to disrupt the routine. Do everything you can to keep it consistent.
3: Dr. Reed, talk briefly about toxic holiday plants.
5: You know, that's a good question to bring up, Laura. There are a few plants that we tend to associate with the holidays. Um, The main three are poinsettia, mistletoe, and holly. All three of those have minor toxic components, but generally not life-threatening. They're likely to cause a gastrointestinal upset, maybe some vomiting, potentially some diarrhea, but nothing too serious um, if they ingest it, and that's usually going to be a dog. Cats will chew on them, and they'll get some vomiting from the irritation, but generally nothing more serious than that. The one plant that everyone who has cats should be aware of is lilies. Lilies are not a big winter flower. They're more of a spring flower, and you're not likely to have them in the house. But occasionally, flower arrangements will have lilies in them. And every component of the lily plant is toxic to cats, Mm. but not to dogs. So anytime you have lilies in the house, make sure they're kept in an area where your cat is not going to be able to get to them. Hey, Lori, there's a couple of more tips I want to offer for people on the holidays. Um, two things to remember that you might encounter those little silica gel packets that come in, t- in, in uh, boxes to keep the contents dry. Yeah. They have a little label that says, do not eat. They're not that toxic. Okay. Not a big deal. Probably one of the most common reasons people call the poison control hotline is for that. And they're not that bad. And the other thing is those um, glow in the dark ornaments or glow sticks. If a dog or a cat bites into them, they may act like it really, really bothers them because it tastes really bad, but it's not very toxic.
3: Great. And Dr. Reed, what is the poison control hotline number, please?
5: The ASPCA poison control hotline is 888 426 4435. And just so your listeners know, Lori, there's a $65 charge uh, to receive advice through that line.
3: Okay, I'm going to repeat that number again so people can write it down and hang it up on the refrigerator if they need it in an emergency. 888-426-4435. Dr. Robert Reed, thank you. You bet, Lori. Happy holidays. Hi, this is Dr. Lori Kirshner, and I want to thank you for listening to Animals Today. Make sure to visit us on AnimalstodayRadio.com, where you will see all our previous shows and where you can download them free. That's AnimalstodayRadio.com, or you can listen on iTunes. Also, make sure to like us on Facebook and join the discussion. Animals Today gets a lot of its support from the nonprofit group Advancing the Interests of Animals. Please visit them at aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. And I hope you'll consider making a donation to help pay for the ongoing broadcast of Animals Today. Each week on Animals Today, we strive to bring you the highest quality, most up-to-date information about all animals how we treat them and their place in society while promoting greater respect and kindness towards them. So thanks for your support. That website again is aianimals.org and thanks for listening. Welcome back to Animals Today. So every year around this time, we like to cite the most popular dog and cat names for that particular year. And this year, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance has the scoop on the most popular cat and dog names of 2017. So let's start with the male dog names, the top 10. Peter, you wanna guess what might be some of the top male dog names of 2017?
0: How about uh, male names? How about... uh... I'll give you a hint. Okay
3: some of them have been the top male dog names for the last several years
0: okay just lay it on me
3: okay max really still oliver charlie cooper milo teddy buddy leo rocky tucker gee you want to take a guess at the top female dog
0: names sure uh i'm guessing these haven't changed much recently either that's right okay uh Chloe. No. No, Chloe. Uh, Bella. 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 Um, uh, Lola. Yes. Okay. Um, Couple other L's. Oh. Mm, Don't know.
3: Lucy. Lucy. Luna. Daisy. Stella. Penny. Bailey. Sadie. And Sophie. Jay. Top cat names. Okay. Male.
0: Okay. Uh. Mmm. Fluffy? (laughs) No. Okay.
3: So we have Max again. Surprise. Max, Charlie, Leo, Milo, Oliver, Loki, Simba, Jack, Finn, Oscar.
0: Oscar, 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 Oscar. Lori, what's the deal with Milo? Is is that like a movie character or? I don't know. I need to get out more often. You do need to get out more often. Okay. Female? Cat names. Female cat names. Uh. Maybe they're similar to the dog. They names. are similar to the dog names. <laughs> Bella. <laughs> Bella? Bella. Lola?
3: No, but the other L's? Lucy? Lucy.
0: Um, Luna. Luna? Lily? Lily. You
3: go. Nala? Sure. Is that a movie character? Maybe. Okay. Mia? Chloe? Daisy? Gracie? And Stella?
0: Lori, in the neighborhood, we've recently met a new dog, a neighbor of ours. And we asked the name of the dog, and it looked like, you know, maybe a miniature pincher mix, perhaps. So we asked her, what's your dog's name? And her answer, Minnie Penny. She's a really cute dog. Dog is very cute, and uh, nice story behind that. Rescue dog, of course, Minnie Penny. Uh, But if you've got a small dog, uh, according to Better Homes and Gardens, here are some names for your male small dog that you might consider. Okay, some of them are pretty cute. Bolt. Shorty, mite, Gnome, Squirt, Bonsai, Pippin, Hobbit, Pequeno, that's good. Little, Dwarf, Bullet, Wedge, do you like that? Here, Wedge. Uh, <laughs> dink, Runt, that's a, Peewee, that's cute. Pint, Inch, Bantam, and Button. Did you say Little? You're going to yeah. call your dog Little? Come, little. come here, Little. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a list. Female dog names. If you've got a small female dog, you might think about calling her petite, mini, teeny, tiny, pixie. Okay. That's cute. Elf, shrimp, krill, krill, munchkin. That's cute. Cupcake. I like that. Demi, baby. A lot of little dogs end up getting called baby. Teensy, wee, bitty, midget, midge, bit, smidge. And a morsel. Midge, smidge, morsel, midget. Say that. <laughs> Peter, do you know the most popular
3: dog's name, not only in the U.S., but worldwide, the most popular dog name?
0: How about uh, Rex?
3: Max. Okay, Peter, here's a different dog name challenge for you.
0: Okay. Surprising me.
3: Okay, this is a list of the names of president's dogs. You want to take a guess at some of these. Actually, I'll make it a little easier for you. I'll start with the president when you were born and we'll work up towards the present.
0: Okay, Lincoln.
3: No, Johnson. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Do you actually do you know Abraham Lincoln what his dog's yeah, name was?
0: Yeah, he had a, a- Like Rover, right? Fido. Fido, oh yeah. Fido. Fido. Abraham
3: Lincoln had a dog named Fido, and this is often cited as the reason the name became the quintessential dog's name. But Fido was actually popular before Lincoln Mm -hmm. even became present. There was a children's book in 1849, which was called Fido, or The Faithful Friend. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Lyndon B. Johnson.
0: Yeah. you were born lyndon johnson he had a dog oh i remember the the picture he, it was like a brown pointer or something like that go ahead tell me okay so
3: he had one two three four five, six dogs oh, boy. okay four of the six were beagles mm. and the four beagles names okay. were george Ringo, no no <laughs> Beagle, okay, Little great. Beagle. Oh, my goodness. Him and her were the four Beagles' well, names.
0: Hopefully, he was paying more attention to the other matters.
3: Next present mm-hmm. Richard Nixon. Go ahead. It's a Cocker Spaniel name. This is one of his four dogs. It's a Cocker oh. Spaniel name, Checkers.
0: Oh, I remember Checkers. Yeah, now. Oh, yes. Checkers.
3: Okay. Um,
0: Ford. Gerald
3: Ford. Very good. Yeah. He had a dog named...
0: I should know this one, too. You should. Okay, hint.
3: Golden Retriever. Better hint. Statue of...
0: Statue of Liberty. Liberty. Really? Liberty. I I
3: don't remember ever seeing that. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Carter's next. Yeah. Mixed breed. Grits.
0: Grits. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I don't know. I never heard of that either. Ronald Reagan had two dogs. Do you know one of their names? No. Rex. Oh, okay. And Lucky.
0: Okay, Rex. Oh, okay.
3: Rex was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Lucky was some other...
0: Specialty breed.
3: Yeah. George H. W. Bush is next. Two dogs. Millie and Ranger. Okay. Ranger was one of Millie's puppies. Bill Clinton. Yes. Okay, you should know this. Bill Clinton had a dog. Labrador Retriever. Oh. One of the most popular dog names for a male dog is... Max. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> buddy. George W. Uh, oh, Bush. Yeah, I do
0: remember Buddy now. Okay. Yeah.
3: George W. Bush had three dogs. Barney, Spot, Miss Beasley. Hmm. Barack Obama had a oh, dog hey. name, Portuguese water dog name.
0: Bo. Oh, yeah, Bo. Bo, who was... Allegedly rescued.
3: Right. And Barack Obama, who promised he would rescue a dog, and he didn't rescue a dog.
0: Did he make that promise? Or? He
3: did make... That was one of his promises that he broke. One of his many promises that he broke.
0: Okay. Oh, come on. Okay.
3: And that's it? And Trump has not yet got a dog. He should get a rescue dog. He'll never get a rescue. What should he name his dog? Red. Mini. How about red? Red? Yeah, for what? For his hair. Oh. His hair's not red. It's orange.
0: Oh, yeah. How about... uh Minnie Mini Trump. <laughs> Mini-me. Okay, Laurie. Well, this quiz didn't go so well. I thought I would have done better. Me too. But some of these seem unfamiliar to me. I'm sure I've seen lists like this before. And, well, I'm just going to hang my head in shame on this
3: Peter, I want to give special thanks to Caitlin Garrison for expert writing contributions. Yes. Yes, and thank you for tuning in to the show. This is Dr. Lori Kirshner encouraging you to nurture your love and compassion for the only other beings sharing our planet, the animals.